Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Just out of curiosity, how many of you, you traveled this year for Christmas to celebrate it with us? You're here from out of town. We have any out-of-towners that are among us? Okay, church, come on, show your love, put your hands together. We welcome you to Christmas on the Bayou. You know, they say, AAA says that 115 million Americans will travel this year for Christmas. That's one out of every three Americans. How many of you love a good road trip? Okay, only six of you. (laughs) Out of 115 million, they got a lot of angry drivers out there. You know, when you travel, especially with your family, it's a different dynamic, is it not? Uh, Fellas, can I speak on your behalf just for a moment? I want to talk to you a little bit about travel through the eyes of dad. Now, mom and kids, this is going to help you. You're going to understand that man a little better, okay? When we take a road trip, everything for us is a competition, right? I'm, I'm fixing to bring some healing into marriages right now. It's all about winning, and that's why we don't like to stop. We know you want us to stop when you're hungry, when you got to use the bathroom, you got to stop all the time. But we don't like to stop because stopping, it costs us time. Fellas, how many know we got to beat last year's time? It's always a race against the clock. It costs us money. (laughs) Y'all got them snacks, I know it. And we're losing the race, okay? There's somebody getting ahead of us. Perhaps the worst part of stopping is knowing all those idiot drivers that we passed up the first time. They're gaining on us. I tell Rachel, I'm like, baby, I've passed that red truck three times on this trip. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, now listen, we have bladders too. Dads have bladders too. But we're smart enough to know that if we can hold out long enough until that first child needs to use the bathroom, then we can make the stop and blame it on the kid. (laughs) Right? You know, we're not stopping to ask for directions, ladies because we know where we're going. If it appears that we're lost, we're simply taking the scenic route. And all the fellas said? But if we do stop, there are planned stops. How many know, we're not stopping unless it's planned. And if we're gonna make a planned stop, it's gonna be at Bucky's. (laughs) Have you seen this place, Bucky's? This is a destination stop. How many have never heard of Bucky's? Okay, oh Lord. You got to get a revelation. Okay, Bucky's is like an Exxon that got married to a Walmart <laughs> and had a child called Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Man, I love it. Man, you, you can get fuel, you can get a flannel shirt, and get a brisket sandwich all in the same place. I love it. Traveling is interesting, but you know, when it comes to stopping, and this is what Christmas is all about, the, the story of, of Christmas is about heaven making a few stops. You know, these stops were not accidental, but they were very planned. They were purposeful. These stops that Jesus made were prophetic. The prophets of old had prophesied that one day a Messiah would come, that heaven would enter into our world. I want to give you three quick stops in our journey. And the conductor and the crew have led us on a beautiful journey this afternoon. But I want to show you in Scripture three of the most important stops. It tells us a little bit about who Jesus is and what he's all about. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, Jesus, though he was God, 
he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. The first stop we see in this scripture is the stop in Bethlehem. 2,000 years ago, on a sleepy night in Bethlehem, Jesus made a stop, and this stop shows us his humanity. You see, God wrapped himself in flesh. The story of Christmas is a story of love coming down. I'm so thankful that God didn't just love us from a distance, but he said, I'm getting involved. In in our brokenness, in our darkness, in our mess, God stepped in. Now, the Christmas narrative involves so many unique players. Sometimes we read the story, and it's easy to to think, well, it's fairy tale or fantasy. But this was real life. God spoke to real people like you and like me. An angel of the Lord showed up one evening and spoke to a young Jewish teenage girl named Mary. And he said, Mary, you are pregnant and this life inside of you, this child is a boy. Heaven has already given his, him a name, and his name will be called Jesus. And this child will save his people from their sins. I wonder what Mary thought that night. That announcement brings good news to us. How many know that's good news? But I'm sure it probably created a little chaos in her world. What do you mean? I've never been intimate with anybody. How can I be pregnant? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit has put that life inside of you. And God used an angel to to speak to some shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. A star in the sky guided these wise men from a long distance. And, And here we see gathered in this barn. How many know Jesus wasn't born in woman's hospital? I mean, thank God for a woman's hospital. Ladies, how many of you had a child and gave birth at woman's hospital? Yes, Cindy, the food is amazing. I mean, every detail is taken care of. How many of you were sad when they discharged you and said, okay, now figure it out? Look where Jesus was born. He was born in a barn with some filthy animals. I mean, it was unsanitary. It tells you something about the places that love will go. Love will go to difficult places. Dirty places, broken places. Don't you love that about Jesus? This stop in Bethlehem shows us his humanity. Now, all of a sudden, he is Emmanuel, God with us. You know one of the most requested Christmas presents this year in Louisiana? Anybody want to take a guess? One of the most requested Christmas gifts this year in Louisiana. It is a number nine LSU football jersey. Oh, yeah, hey, this has been an amazing season, hasn't it? I just don't want it to end, man. I mean, we got our number one Tigers. Man, we got the coach of the year. Go Tigers. And we got the Heisman Trophy back in Baton Rouge. Come on, somebody. Now, you have to forgive me. I greeted a man walking into the church this afternoon wearing an Oklahoma hat, okay? I'm just saying, we love you. We're praying for you. But even God is a Tiger fan. 
Remember that LSU game, the last home game in Tiger Stadium on senior night? Remember when Joe Burrow ran out of the tunnel? Remember that? I mean, you've probably seen the videos, and the picture is just iconic. He runs out onto the field. In fact, put that, scripture, that, that picture up here. Check this out. I called it scripture, <laughs> scripture according to Southern Louisiana. <laughs> look at that, the number nine. And look at how he spelt his name. He spelt it B-U-R-R. Yeah, that, that's Louisiana right there. I mean, what was Joe saying when he ran out onto the field with that E-A-U-X? He was saying, hey, y'all, I know I'm from Ohio, but now I'm one of you. Hey, and look, pan, pan to the right of that picture just a little bit. You see? That's your pastor trying to grab a little piece of history that night. Come on, somebody say, go Tigers. Uh, Listen, there was something even better that happened 2,000 years ago. When Jesus stopped in Bethlehem, it was God's way of saying, I am now one of you. I have become part of you so that one day you can become a part of me. You see, the greatest thing about this stop in Bethlehem is that Jesus became flesh and walked among us. This is good news. Hear me, church. There's a difference between a travel agent and a tour guide. A travel agent will send you to places they've never been. But a tour guide will take you by the hand and take you place to place because they've been there before. God's not a travel agent. He's a tour guide, and he takes us by the hand. You say, Mike, I've got brokenness in my life. Guess what? He's been there before. Mike, I've got loneliness in my life. I know the holidays are difficult for a lot of people, and sometimes if there's pain or isolation or dysfunction, the holidays can amplify that. Mike, you don't know where I've been. I don't, but guess what? He does. You will never go where he has not already been. Can I have a good amen? You see, Bethlehem, that first stop is all about God with us. But look at what it says here in verse 7. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. We can't just leave Jesus in Bethlehem. But the second stop that he made was at a place called Calvary. And if Bethlehem shows us his humanity, Calvary shows us his humility. You see, I don't think you can talk about Christmas apart from the cross. Jesus was the only one ever in human history born for the sole purpose of dying. He knew what his mission was on this planet. And after 33 years teaching and preaching and loving and serving, the Bible says he grew up and then he gave up. He gave up his life for us. He stretched himself out on that tree. You see, the greatest gift you'll receive this Christmas is not found under a tree, but it hung on a tree. And Calvary is about the blood that Jesus spilled out for you and for me. The emblem of our faith is a cross. The cross is a picture of man's greatest hope. Without Calvary, we are stuck in our sins. You see, Calvary opened a door for us. In his humility, there was great opportunity. You see, our sin created a debt, and it was a debt that none of us could pay. So Jesus had to pay it himself. You know, I was talking to my son several weeks ago. He's 12 years old, and I was trying to explain to him 
just giving him one of those life lessons. And I said, Trevor, I know I'm not a perfect dad, but I've done my very best to set a good example for you and for your sisters. And hopefully from from my life, you can see a few things that you want to imitate. I, I hope I've inspired you in some areas. There's some good things that I've tried to walk in that I want you to follow. But you know what? I'm not a perfect dad. I make my mistakes, and I've got some shortcomings, and I've got some faults. And Well, what I want to ask you to do is this. I want you to take the good and improve on the bad. Take what's good about my life and then improve on the bad. So we started talking about what's bad in my life. And I said, Trevor, what's bad about my life? And he said, well, what's the bad you want to improve on? He said, Dad, it's your legs. I said, what? Yeah, Dad, I mean, your legs are skinny and scrawny. I mean, you got a little preacher legs. He said, I want to be a football player, so I'm going to need some big, thick legs. I want to improve on the bad. I'm like, okay. Well, what's the good you want to take? He said, your money. Like, bro, it's not going to get you very far. Uh, Listen, we can't buy our way into heaven. We don't work our way into heaven. We don't earn or deserve heaven. Heaven comes to us as a gift. And that gift was paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, some come through flood, some come through the fire. Some come through great sorrow, but it's all through the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that he didn't just stop in Bethlehem. He went to Calvary. Now, Calvary says, if Bethlehem says God is with us, Calvary says God is for us. And I want you to know he is for you. But he didn't stop there. Let's finish this together. Verse 9. Therefore, the Bible says, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, somebody say Jesus, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm so glad that it didn't stop at Calvary. The rest of the story, the third and the final stop I want to give you today is this. It's called the throne. Jesus is now seated in the place of highest honor, and that throne speaks to us of his majesty, his power, his authority. You see, the good news about Christmas is this. Jesus is on the throne. That means he's in control. So when my life feels out of control, I can trust that God is still in control. Man, there's some things that I can't fix, some stuff I don't understand. Can I tell you, God is not worried. He's not panicking. He's not afraid. The things that frustrate you don't bother God because Jesus is seated on the throne. He came the first time as a baby in a cradle. But the next time he comes, he's not coming in a cradle. He's coming with fire in his eyes. He's coming with a sword in his hand. He's coming with all the power of heaven to set up his kingdom here on earth. He's coming as king of kings and lord of lords. I'm so thankful it didn't end at Calvary. But his position in heaven tells us that we have victory. God victorious. Listen, when we fight, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. This journey that we've taken this afternoon has had 
some important stops, but probably none more important than this. Some of you, you need God to stop the train of love and say, hey, come on, welcome. See, the gospel message is simply this, all aboard, all aboard. Your ticket has been paid for. Everything that's, that's necessary for this trip, Jesus took care of. In fact, I will tell you this, if there's 100 steps between you and God, Jesus will take 99, but he leaves that last step to you. Would you bow your heads with me this afternoon? In just a moment, we're going to light some candles, and we're going to sing another song, and we'll celebrate. But before we do that, I want to pray for some people here. I want to pray for those, maybe your life is crazy, maybe it's been painful, maybe you feel empty on the inside, but you need Jesus. This whole thing stops for you right now. Before you go to dinner or open gifts or all the things that we've got to celebrate over the next 24, 48 hours, would you pause long enough to make one of the most important decisions of your entire life? If you're here this afternoon, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus right in the center of my life. I need him in my heart. I need him in my soul. Would you just lift up your hands very quickly? Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. Just lift up your hands. Like, I want Jesus. I need Jesus can't make sense of a lot of things, but I know this. I can't do life without him. Come on, keep your hands up just for a second. Man, lots of hands going up all across this main floor. How about in the raised seating? You say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not going to call you forward or embarrass you, but just right where you are, you need to receive Jesus as the eternal gift in your own life. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Would you say this after me? All of us, let's pray this together. Say, Dear Jesus, I love you so much, and I thank you for coming to this earth to die upon a cross. You did it for me. I ask you right now to come into my heart. Wash me. Cleanse me. Heal me. Forgive me. Set me free. I confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. So right now, according to your word, I am your child and you are my God. From this day forward, I'll live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands for those that prayed that this afternoon? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.